ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. and you're right here with Leave It In The Ring Radio. Well, welcome back, everybody. And uh, what do you, I don't know. Should I say happy Valentine's to all you boxing heads out there? I don't know if that's appropriate or not. What do you think, Amilcar? Should we say happy Valentine's to everybody? It was a Valentine's massacre yesterday on Saturday night on the Zone and ESPN. Really, really quick. We're just doing about a 30 to 45 minute here show on Leave the Ring. It's quick takes. I normally do this on my own. And the milk car is on vacation. And uh, I hit him up and say, hey, you want to come on really quick? I got three topics I want to talk about. Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Crawford, the $40 million bid that Pacquiao is asking for. The other thing is uh, Richard Comey looked phenomenal, man, knocking out uh, Jackson Marnes, which you had uh, uh, picked. Uh, that was your prediction that you thought he was going to knock him out. And then you got Joseph D- Jojo Diaz uh, not making weight, losing his IBF title on the scale, and he ended up getting a draw with uh, Rockamoff. Yeah, Rockamoff, him, whatever, whatever you want to, however you want to call it, Rock Rockamoff. Yeah, uh, so. Yeah, so everybody, uh, uh, we'll let everybody get a chance to uh, get on in over here on Leaving the Ring, and then we'll start talking some boxing uh, with everybody. Let me say what's up to the folks that are, are in the chat room. Andre, que paso? How you doing? Chris, how you doing, brother? Jesus, que onda? Uh, let me see. A-Rod, que paso, man? Thanks for everybody coming on. I hope you guys are going to have a great, great Sunday. Happy Valentine's Day. Make sure you, I hope you guys went and bought your guys' roses and chocolates and and whatnot that you needed to get do you know needed to do to stay on the good side of the old lady, um, but anyways, man, you know <clears throat> I want to go up first with uh, Richard Comey here, Milcar. He looked great. He came out immediately pressuring Jackson. He didn't let him breathe. I thought exactly what he should do, which is jump all over Jackson. Did not don't allow Jackson to get in this rhythm. You know, um, don't allow him the box. Um, the one thing that was kind of alarming on that, I think it was the first or second round, was when Jackson stuck out his tongue and he was like, all oh, like, I don't know, he was just way too cocky for me. And I was just like, dude, are you taking this guy too lightly? I mean, this is not Roly Romero. This is uh, Richard Comey. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, his greatest asset is being a boxer, Dave. And unfortunately right. for him, he's not a high-level enough boxer for the style that he was trying to implement to work against the guy who can pressure you, but who can also land extremely straight, extremely powerful punches from long range, which is what Richard Comey could do. And he showed us that on Saturday with that vicious right hand. 
boy, did he show us that, man, on Saturday. I mean, you know, uh, Marnez couldn't recover. He didn't ought to do, you know, he did not, for a guy that's a boxer, a guy that's a mover, you would think that he would have known and learned how to hold when the, when a power puncher gets too close, uh, gets in that punching range. He should have just grappled him up, and he didn't do any of that. Um, he let that machismo take over, and he was trying to actually find his way out of a corner or out of danger, danger for Richard Comey. I, I just thought that was the wrong plan. Absolutely, but I think uh, Andre Ward made a very good point Saturday, David. And unfortunately mm -hmm. for me, I couldn't watch the fight Saturday night. If you can believe this, they weren't even showing it on television in Mexico. Can you believe that? Jesus. Well, it's ESPN Plus, that's why. Well, I mean, even so, like, I, know. I tried to log in with the, with the Plus app, and obviously it doesn't work in Mexico. And that sucks. And uh, ESPN channels over here that they have. I thought it was crazy. Any, and anyways, um, what I was saying was that I think Andre Ward made a very good point, which was that he just wasn't strong enough to implement that kind of grabbing clinch style. I think Richard Comey is just a very strong guy who wouldn't let him get away with that. No, I, I completely agree with you. You know, he got all over him like a cheap suit. And, uh, you know, uh, Marnez just didn't have the right answers. I mean, look, uh his trainer, Robert Garcia, was giving him the right instructions. And I've always said this, you know, a trainer can see things. It's up to you as the fighter to implicate it and to perform it when it's time to do it on the fly in the ring. You know, on Monday, we're definitely going to get more in depth, you know, uh, Blue Nose and, and Sanchez. There's just a lot of stuff to say about what I saw with... Um, what I saw with uh, uh, Blue Nose, Adam Lopez. But going off with Comey now... I thought Kobe did exactly what he needed to do. He listened to his trainer. He went out there, got the job done. Um, I thought that, you know, Marez was going to give him a lot more problems than I was suggesting on last Monday's show. But as you saw, he came out energetic, ready to go. The, the, the KO loss that he got from Tino Fimo Lopez obviously did not, excuse me, didn't affect him. And I've said this before. When you get KO'd just like that, it's it's kind of easier to bounce back than taking a beating the way Deontay Wilder, Wilder has. And it was evident on Saturday night, right? Yes, it was. Uh, David, quick thing with the sound. Um, Andrea Rodriguez has said that I sound a little bit low. So I remember, I know you said I was sounding high in the beginning. So maybe you, if you could adjust that a little bit. How about now? How about now? I sound, they should sound better. Hopefully that fixes the issue. Uh, I can't do much from my end. I'm on a very. I'm just on my cell phone, as you guys could probably tell. Um, He's on vacation mode right now, guys. You know, don't ask too much from him. I asked him to come on. <laughs> I'm jealous. You're out there with good weather. I'm over here with cold weather right now. Well, there you go. Uh, I um. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things a trainer can see, but you know. Garcia obviously has a, a set mindset and a set style that he tries right. to implement with his fighters. And the funny thing is, it's kind of an odd pairing to me because Marines doesn't really fight that style. No, he doesn't fight like anybody from the Garcia Academy gym yeah, at all. Like, he doesn't fight like Bam Bam Rios. He doesn't fight like, uh, uh, you know, um, Ramirez or, or anyone who can apply pressure uh high-level pressure, volume-punching pressure, and who can really bang on the inside. I mean, 
Robert Garcia, all of Robert Garcia's fighters can do that. Even Mikey Garcia, if he has to, can implement that style. So it's kind of an interesting pairing. It obviously didn't work because I think Robert Garcia was expecting him to do things. Like you said, David, that I don't know if he's capable of doing or that kind of matches style. Which is really surprising because, as you mentioned, Robert Garcia's gym. I mean, the most uh, most guys in the stable are pressure fighters. So you would think that my man's would be used to that in sparring, getting guys, pressuring them, pushing them back. So he should have been a, a lot more prepared for this fight. But you, you know what? You can't take nothing away from Richard Comey. He did exactly what he's supposed yeah. to do, which was, you know what? He wasn't hesitant with his right hand. Uh, it was almost like if you didn't even know or had seen Teofimo Lopez, Lopez blasting him out of there, you would have never thought that this guy was coming off of a KO loss. Great win. But let me ask you this, okay? Now that he's got this win over a guy that honestly thought was going to give him a lot more problems, and he, as we saw Saturday, as you said, I've said, it was a lot easier than said, I mean done, uh, than we were suggested in the beginning. Two guys right now out there that I would love to see Richard Comey get next. One is, uh, you know, Romeo Romero, who... Obviously, he got a win that a lot of us don't believe he should have got over Marneris. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Felix Fordego, who just got off of a, a, a... He was in a sensational fight. He was at the short end of the stick getting KO'd by Nakatani. But those are two names right there that I think is really exciting for Richard Comey. What do you think? I really like the Broly uh, fight because it kind of makes sense, too. Especially considering that he had a very questionable... Uh, decision victory against the guy that Kobe just sparked out. Right. And he also holds a title, so I like that fight a lot. I think so, too. You know, uh, Roley is a guy that's going to stand there. He's going to trade. Uh, doesn't have the greatest footwork. He always looks for one big shot. I mean, if we're looking for explosion and we're looking for, uh, you know, for this lightweight division to keep going as we've been seeing it, which is great fights being put together, this is a great fight. You know, and also tells us where Roley's really at. If Roley wants to redeem himself, which I thought he was going to give uh, Jackson Manez a, a rematch, and he didn't. He skipped over that, and he went with Sparrow. Um, this is a great way of erasing a lot of the criticism and actually the thoughts of his progression that I criticized saying I didn't see it. If he's able to get in, in there with a seasoned guy like Richard Comey and do what Teofimo did or get close to it and, or just beating them convincingly then you know what then i think it's it's i think he oh he is he's earned the right to be in the talks of the top five facing the top five guys in the division right now romy uh, uh richard comey is a great step up in my in my opinion for roley uh romero well I, you could call it a great step up i'll just call it a great stepping stone for comey because i really i just I see him brutally stopping Roli. Oh, I thought you were meaning that he's a stepping stone for Roli. I was like, what? No, 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 no. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying Roli is going to be rolling around. <laughs> and, and, yeah, he's, it's a stepping stone in, in terms of him getting that title belt, even though it's kind of a secondary title. You know, getting a title title belt and then putting his name back in the mix in terms of the champions at 135.
I like what some of the guys are saying, and you know what? I think you're absolutely right, uh, Ramon. Not not fight Comey. TNT not going to let that happen. Outlaw says here in the chat room. Andre says I agree with those names, but what about Tank and Mendy? Uh, I love those names. I just don't think Tank's going to want to fight Comey. I think with Tank, if anything, um, is going to continue. I don't know, making guys move up to, to his weight division. I mean, I don't even know where Tank's head's at exactly, you know. It's the same thing with the TMT uh, promotions. What exactly are they doing with their fighters? I mean, that's a completely other different show. But these are the thoughts that I'm thinking Richard Comey, uh, Team Richard Comey, should be should be looking out first. I mean, look, Verdejo just came off of a great fight. He didn't get the upper hand in that fight against Nakatomi. Um, I don't think he's going to go for a rematch with that. Uh, if, if, if anything, you know, there's the doubts of Verdejo uh, being able to recover from that brutal KO. Um, could he do it? Just like the doubts were about Richard Comey. You know, um, here's the thing. Here's another thing is that Manez didn't pose a real threat. So we don't really know if Comey's complete. Well, we, I, mean, I can't say we don't know he's completely back. But I think there's still going to be some some doubt there that still I needs to be a, erased. I got a name for you. Go ahead. I got a name for you. What about, what about uh, Robert Easter? He fought him. To, he fought him once. I don't know if he would want to revisit. Robert Easter was really tough, and Robert Easter, I believe, is fighting next week. If I remember that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Robert Easter comes through that, uh, maybe Francisco Vargas would be a good fight. That would be exciting. Jesus is mentioning. How about Comey versus Isaac Pitbull? Oh yeah, I would love to see that fight. I think any fight that Richard Comey's talking about or even thinking about, honestly, think about it. Any of the names they suggest, it's going to be really fun because there's going to be a lot of fireworks for Richard Comey, and and it's all deserved. It's all deserved for him. If Loma, if Loma doesn't take a fight with Nakatani, I'd like to see him in there with Loma. That would be a great fight. You that would really great fight. You'd be all over Loma. Yeah, he'd be all over Loma, and Loma didn't quite know what to do with Teofimo at the beginning. Right. And didn't want to test his chin and, and his body against Teo's power, so he kind of tried to wait him out, hoping that Teo's legs would go in the later rounds and his cardio would fail him, but it never happened. So, right. Kobe is a supremely conditioned athlete. That, that strategy is not going to work against him either, and he hits, he hits hard. He probably That's, as hard as tail. I was gonna say, or probably even, you know what? Or, or, or the, the the size of his way he uses his uh, weight, which he couldn't do with tail. You know, you gotta admit. I mean, he tried to do it in the first round, but tail's a pretty big kid. You know, and here's another thing: is that tail, just like Comey, they they fire off. At a at a distance where they that's where they generate their power from. They need that they need that space to get in that right hand. And you know this was two guys, Teofimo Lopez and Richard Comey, trying to fight for the time and that space to land that big shot. It was it was the USSR and the USA throwing nuclear missiles at one another, and it was just a matter of which one landed. Absolutely. And tails and tails landed first. I, I, yeah, and, and landed first. I mean, it blasted first, uh, you know. But going back with Richard Comey and Lomachenko. Look at the line, but Dave, yeah. look at the line of sight, Richard Comey was going to land too. You, no, definitely. And that's what we were waiting for, you know, to find out if, if what he does, what happens when he lands that big right on, on, on Lopez. And that's why we kind of like shortened a little bit here when Teofimo decided to close the show really early for everybody. You know, we went into commercials after the second round. You know, so I mean, look, I think that I think Lomachenko 
If no Nakatani, let's see Richard Comey. It, you know, um, and I would love to see that. I wonder if Bob and Airman then would want to see it. You know, as we know, Bob is a, is, is a stickler about purses and what he's going to pay for, etc., etc., etc. But I think this is an easy fight to be made. A lot easier than suggesting uh, Roly Romero or even uh, 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 Verdejo, because Verdejo is on a six-month suspension. Let's remember that. He got he got knocked out. So automatically, he's going to be on a hold-off for six months, okay? So you're really not looking at that fight maybe till the end of the year, which is still good for Richard Comey, but if he wants to be active, I want to see him in about another four to six months, okay? But going back with Verdejo, we probably won't even see that until the beginning of next year, 2022. So, uh, if he can't get a... If if you're smart, Dave, and you're a manager of Verdejo, the last thing you're going to do is put him in with a power puncher like Comey. And and that was the mistake that... that But Comey still poses a lot of... I mean, look, he poses a lot of threat with power, but he's still got a lot of flaws. He still drops his left... Yeah, I mean, Tony okay. has a lot of flaws too, but you know what they have in common? They're both the pressure. They're both highly, supremely trained, and they can go the distance and they carry their power. You know, um, they carry their power. So I, I think that's a dangerous fight for Verdejo. I'm not saying. Oh, I, I, I mean, any fight for Verdejo at this moment with anybody that has power is going to be very dangerous for him. If you really think about it, Milkar, you know. But here's the thing, though. Is that, you, I mean, look, what does he do? Does he go backwards and start fighting guys that are not going to pose any threat for Verdejo? I mean, that was the big, that was the issue in the beginning. Not just from the media, but from boxing fans. Boxing fans that were actually banking on this guy, big guy being the next great thing. Well, he wasn't doing things to make it look great. He was fighting guys that had no business stepping up to him. He fighting a lot of club fighters. But then when he started stepping up, then we started seeing who the real Verdejo. The Verdejo that fought, Nakatomi, is the Verdejo that we've been watching wanted to see somebody that was going to have some passion and you know what i say why stop that the manager you're right if i was a manager i would steer clear from anybody with some punching power but there's got to come a time and a day which there's going to be pressure put on them again to get in there with somebody good and i would say richard comey out of all the guys right now is probably the more limited dude he's got a lot of pressure doesn't got i mean throws a lot of pressure he's got a great right hand but you know what i could see Verdejo giving him a lot of problems and sparking him up here and there in between those rounds and stuff so i think it's a great matchup for Verdejo as well okay i, I personally would probably try to get a fight like lee selby uh as a comeback fight you know a guy who's kind of been there for a while who's still highly ranked, uh, has a name, but I think it's like a winnable fight and, and a lot more, a lot less dangerous. But that's just, again, that's me playing matchmaker, me playing promoter. <laughs> you know? I, I, yeah, you know what? I, I, I agree with you. But I, for my Richard Comey, I'm going to start, I'm going to go for who I see is going to get, get me closer to possibly a rematch with Teofimo Lopez or a Lomachenko um, or even like to Ryan Garcia or Tank Davis, any of these guys, yeah, you know, and I, I think like... I love that. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was just going to say I love that suggestion we heard earlier in the chat, Isaac Cruz. I think that's a great opponent for Coleman. Oh, yeah. Isaac Cruz is also oh. fighting uh, this month as well. Yeah. You know? 
Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so we went on that there. I, I, I think we've all said who we wanted to see Richard Kobe go after next. I think those are great matchups. Uh, I'd love to see Roley one because I want to see Roley finally tested. If he's able to beat Richard Kobe, it erases the fact that he had a very controversial win over uh, Jackson Marinas, uh, Marinas, um and then Verdejo. Where is he at? You know what I mean? Where is he at right now in his career? I want to find out whether or not. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell. Let me let me get away from that. I know there's nothing else on. So sorry about that, guys. If I am too loud, how about that now? No, probably not. Let me move my bike, my mic back. Um, and my that's still really low. Let me pull up your volume. Okay. So, anyways, um, okay. So now. The main thing on the news I saw that I was reading about was Manny Pacquiao talking about $40 million. It was on the Daily Something, um, and he had made a statement saying, look, I want Terrence Crawford, but I want $40 million in order to get this fight with uh, Terrence Crawford, and Terrence Crawford you could get $10 million. Let me ask you this, Mokar. Where are they going to get this $50 million and plus, because they have to have an undercard right now in a pandemic if there is no audience attendance at the moment? Well, I think it, to me, it, it's mostly about Manny saying, look, I'm a very busy guy. I have a lot of options. I've got a name that obviously is worth a lot of money. And for me to get out of bed, to paraphrase uh, Marvin Hangler, you know, it's difficult to get out of bed and, and do running when you're wearing silk pajamas. You got to throw a boatload of cash at Manny. Otherwise, why would he even take on Crawford? He doesn't need Crawford. Crawford's the one that needs an opponent. So, yeah. Right. You want my name. You want to use my record, my legacy, you know, and try to make bread off of me. Yeah, you better pay me as much as you can pay. You know, and if you can't pay me that much, guess what? I got a whole lot of businesses in the Philippines. I got a lot of investments. And I got other things I can do with my time. No, I, I you know what? When, like I said, the word deserve really doesn't belong in boxing. The word earn belongs in there. And Manny Pacquiao has earned, you know, the right to say, hey, this is what I want and this is what I'm looking for. Think about this. If he was going to get that fight, if that fight, if that deal didn't fall apart because uh, Conor McGregor got knocked out and stopped in his uh, sport, you imagine the amount of money they were going to ask Manny Pacquiao. I'm pretty sure it would have been 40 to 50 mil, you know, to give Manny to get in with Conor McGregor. So how do you go from 40 and then drop down to whatever, let's say 10, 15 million that probably would be offered from Bob Arum to get him to get in with his best fighter right now, which is considered, if not one of the best welterweights in the division at this moment. Right? So, Manny being a businessman now and looking out for himself saying, hey, listen, uh, no, I want 40 million. Like, I don't, I don't, shy, and I like what he said. Look, I don't shy away from challenges, but I need to get paid for it. You know, that's the reason why we're called prize fighters. I need to get paid for this. So I'm not too upset that he decided to throw a big number out there. You can look at it both ways. You can look at it that he's looking out for himself. He's busy being a business guy saying, this is what I want. If you want me to get in to face uh, Terrence Crawford in the welterweight division, and or you can look at it, he doesn't want to face him. That's why he threw a number pretty high. Which one of those you want to pick? Go right ahead. It's entirely up to you. I'm going to go for the fact that he's looking at this. I was probably offered a very hefty amount of money to face Conor McGregor. Probably was going to be offered a hefty amount to face, uh, you know, Ryan Garcia. 
Why can't you guys step it up? You guys said you built a superstar in Terrence Crawford. You guys should be able to offer me a little bit more money, which is 40 mil. Meet me that. Meet me on that route, and then we can make that fight happen. Well, yeah, and I mean, part of the problem, Dave, is that they haven't built a superstar in Terrence Crawford. That I think that was Manny's point. I think that was Manny's point by saying forty million. Like, okay, that's that, and give him ten million. That's ten million. That's basically Manny saying, like, look, how about you get, how about you I'm give, the draw. How about you give me forty-five? You give him five, or you give me forty? You give him five. I mean, where else is Terrence Crawford making five million dollars other than with Manny Pacquiao? Exactly. You know. I think that's even a tough sell with him and Spencer. You know, I mean, you could call me crazy, but I don't even think that ten million a piece. I don't even. I can't remember exactly the numbers they were asking for, that. I don't but I don't that. see that happening. I don't see that either. Yeah, no, that's a hard that sell. Either, especially if they don't have a big venue uh, like a stadium, like Dallas Cowboys Stadium, to fill because of COVID. That's not making ten million for each of them in a TV fight. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love to see Pacquiao versus Crawford. And look, I think this is pretty known. I think it's been on record. Yes, you could you could make a claim that Manny has kind of ducked Terrence Crawford and even Errol Spence, okay? Um, this guy's 43 years old. This guy's been in wars. He's paid all of his dues in this sport, which is a very tough sport to pay your dues on. It's a very tough sport to stay as a journeyman, you know, and he's an active and he's still, uh, he looks phenomenal at 43 and, and all the fights that he's been, this guy looks great, you know. I think, I think it's yeah. perfectly fine for him to say, this is what I want. You want to see me get my ass handed to myself by the best guy in the division, Terrence Crawford, one of the best guys. You can argue whoever you think is the best, Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence. But either one of those guys, you want me to get my ass kicked because you guys think I'll get knocked out by these guys, then pay, pay me $40 million. What's the problem? Yeah. I don't, honestly, I don't have a problem with it at all. <laughs> at the end of the day, guys in their 20s and 30s shouldn't even be calling out guys in their 43-plus. Sorry, they just shouldn't. And if you're going to, expect that 40-something-year-old to be paid handsomely. I agree with you. And you know what? Uh, I know some folks were thinking about the fact that maybe the um, Manny Pacquiao Mayweather would re revive and get back onto negotiations and talks and stuff. I think, honestly, if Manny's looking for that $40 million, I think he priced himself out because realistically, I think it's fair to say he doesn't really want to face Crawford or he's actually kind of rubbing it in their face to PBC and top rank because he did bring in the same sentence as Errol Spitz, uh, you know, saying like, hey, right. either one of these guys, 40 million, give them 10. Uh, it's basically telling them, guys, if you have a star, let's start at 10. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is let's be honest, if he's trying to get a fight against someone else, right, whether it's another MMA guy, whether it's Floyd, he doesn't want to lowball himself in a Crawford negotiation because then they'll just lowball him. They'll be, well, well, you took 40 or you, or you took 20 to take on Crawford and that's a real boxer. You know, we'll, why don't we, why don't you take 15 yeah. to take on some MMA dude? You know what I mean? You, you know what's the so funny he's thing? Brand, he's got a brand to protect. You know what the funny thing is this, is think about this here, okay? Manny Pacquiao fight, faced Barrera twice. Manny Pacquiao faced Morales three times. Manny Pacquiao uh, moved up Mosley, Magarito, Mayweather, De La Hoya, the list goes, uh, Ricky Hatton, the list goes on and on and on and on. 
gone to a point, face Keith Thurman. He was not the favorite. He was the underdog against Keith Thurman. It beats him. You know, um, you could consider it a an upset, not a big, but a minor upset there. Okay, but those are dues dues that are paid in this sport. You know what I mean? Where you, when you look at Crawford and you look at Spence, the resume doesn't even match to this forty three year old Filipino fighter. It doesn't even come close. Okay, now some are going to say, "Well, Manny should fight for glory." The guy's already done that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's already done that. He did that when he took when he took out Cotto. He did that when he took out Adam. He did that when he took out Margarito. He did that when he took out Mosley. I could go on and on and on. You know, absolutely. He did that when he when he took out uh, Morales and Barrera, He's, his legacy solidified. Has been for a long. Oh, absolutely, time. absolutely. You know. Let's see here. Yeah, what you're, uh, you're bringing up some comments about Rakimov and Diaz. Look, we both like JoJo Diaz a lot. I know well, we're going to go into him right now. You do, Dave. Yeah. But uh, I tell you what, man, it's very hard for me to root for a 135-pounder that comes in four pounds overweight. That is a <laughs> lot of weight. And he didn't make any effort to try to take it off either. And for the commentators on the zone to act as if he's at a disadvantage because he's four pounds heavier and didn't have to make weight. I just didn't understand that logic. The guy that doesn't have to cut the last four pounds and goes in with a weight advantage is the guy with the advantage, not the guy that had to cut weight and is being outweighed by a guy that didn't have to cut weight in the last 48 hours before the weigh in. So I just did not understand that logic, and I felt really bad for Rakimov. And I think something really needs to be done as it relates to uh, titles uh, being being dropped, but then also not being won in these cases. I almost feel as if if you lose the title at the scales, it should automatically go to your opponent. Well, let me, let's put this out there. Rakimov and Diaz ended up going to the full 12 rounds. It was 114-114 for both judges. And then it was uh, 115 for 113 for one judge. Uh, Diaz lost his strap on the, on the scale, his IBF title. Um, and uh, I watched the fight. First off, it was a great fight. I loved the fight. Both guys were putting up a, a, you know, a case of who could have won. There were some close rounds in there. When I, when I heard that Diaz was seven pounds over, the one thing that I thought was, okay, he didn't make weight for one, is he knew that Rakamov carries a punch. He carried a good punch in that left hand. Remember, we talked about that on leaving the ring. Uh, we also suggested that, you know what, um, he likes to walk himself back. In this fight, he did it here, uh, Amilcar. He was actually walking forward. He was confident, you know, that he was going to be able to absorb the punches from Rakamov, and it's Definitely was evident because he didn't come in in weight. He didn't struggle. He didn't sacrifice that. In the post-interview, what he had with Bethel uh, Duran, he basically told, told Duran, I don't care, guys. Okay? My, my, my health comes first. I do this for me. I don't do it for nobody else. I do it for my family, etc., etc., which is all fine and dandy. Okay? Because you know what? It is your life. It is your health. But what does that also suggest? Meaning that, you know what, then, Diaz, you should never, ever, ever again get another title shot because you're not going no. to honor that. Okay, that means that anybody that decides to challenge you and gets to that ring when you have a title, 
there's always might be the chances that you're not going to make it because you don't care about weight divisions. You want to yeah, fight you. Other thing too, what about what about the health of your fucking opponent? Does he not have the right to face somebody who weighed in the same as him? It's like, oh, I made the same sacrifices okay, as him. It. Yep. Yeah, it's like okay, we get it. You don't want to make 135 <laughs> pounds, so then don't fight 135 pounders. Fight guys at 140. How about that? Don't sign on to fight 135 pounders if you don't have any intention of making 135 pounds. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, you know. And good for Beto to go out there and really put, I mean, do you see his face expression when he's like, I don't care. And he was like, what the hell? Like, you don't care? Like, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy, you know. And Rakamov has a case, in my opinion, if his management and them wanted to make some hoot and hollering about his comments after in the post-interview saying, like, this guy already had his mindset that he wasn't going to come in. He wasn't even going to try. You know, to make weight. Yeah, I was pretty dis- yeah, that was pretty disrespectful for to the to Rakamov and Freddie Roach and the team, and it was all also very disrespectful to the fight fans that tune in to watch a title fight. Yep, absolutely, uh, Dave. I'm gonna have to get going, unfortunately. Absolutely, uh, bro. I'm real sorry about that. But what I did want to say is, in terms of Josh Warrington fight, which I'm sure we're gonna discuss next. You know, he dropped his title. He didn't want to defend it against Galahad, right? That was a telling sign. This is a guy who fights off of the big crowd energy, right? I was going to save all that for Monday. I was going to save all that for Monday. Monday. Yeah, bro. I wasn't talking about that today. All right, okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry then. No worries. uh, I'll just say, look, great job by Lara, and I'll leave it at that. There we go. There we go. All, all right, right man. All right, bro. Enjoy your uh, vacation and stuff, you know. Thank Going back you. with... Uh, all right, brother. So, Jojo Diaz here. You know, <clears throat> my, the first thing that came to my head after that, him saying, you know what, F this, F that. I wasn't going to sacrifice my body, blah, blah, blah. And we all know that fighters that struggle with weight, it is very difficult, you know. It is dangerous for them, okay. Um, they can retain too much water. They're putting their life more at risk. Uh, Rakamov was is a big puncher, a pressure fighter. There's a lot of variables in that there. But she didn't just blatantly say, you know, I wasn't going to do it. Screw it. The COVID thing. And, and he threw every excuse out there. But this is not the first time he's missed weight. That's alarming. I mean, think about this. How many fans go da- are coming down the throat of, uh, uh, of David Benavides for missing weight? And he's only done it once. DS shouldn't get a pass for that at all. You know, and you've never heard a David Benavides or a team David Benavides say like, oh, you know what? Uh, screw it. Blah, 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 blah. They actually were like, yeah, we tried. We were trying, you know, and we just couldn't do it. Where this guy was like, look, I, I, there was this and that, a, a treadmill. I did that. Turn on the heater. But screw it. Wasn't very apologetic in my opinion. You know, honestly, it was a kind of a bit of a turnoff and a disappointment. Disappointment. I like Jojo Diaz. I like him. But I just wonder if that if they would have came if he would have came in the weight, would the Rockamoff fight been a little bit different? I'd like to see a rematch, to tell you the truth. But I'd like to see the weight, you know, uh, uh, really set and them really uh, a pressure to make sure that Diaz makes that weight. 
You know, I don't know about you guys. I didn't really agree with the draw. I know some folks thought that Diaz won this fight. Rockabout won that fight. You know, I, I, I guess it's up in the air. Um, I guess you could say I'm satisfied with the draw, but honestly, at my scorecard, I had Rockamov winning that fight. I thought he did a little bit more. I thought he was put, yeah, he put the pressure on. I thought Diaz was just selecting when he was going to throw a punch, and it could really be because the fact that he didn't make weight, that weight made a big difference. It did two things. It helped him absorb punishment and punches from Rockamov. It also helped him. Okay, uh, uh, or didn't help him um, reserve energy. So, yeah, I mean, he had to reserve the energy. And maybe that's why he had less output going against Rockamov. So, you know, there's two things there to look at. Again, what do we do with Diaz, Jojo Diaz? Now that he's made this statement, does he get a chance to get another title shot? Should he hold the title? With that type of mind frame, you never know. I mean, you could be training your ass off. You're on the other side of the fence, on the other side of the ring. You could be training your ass off to face this kid. And then when it comes fight night, it doesn't show up the weight that you're supposed to fight. Decides I'm not going to make that weight. Should be penalizing, to tell you the truth, guys. I think he should be penalized for not making that weight on top of because of the statement that he made. Here's who saying uh, JoJo is full of excuses. I think they gave Diaz the first round, second round, 7th, 10th, 11th, and... 12. I'd have to go back. I don't think he even won that 12. Tell you the truth and stuff, man. But I tell you what, Saturday night was fun filled. I was working all day on Saturday. Um, so I, I, I actually didn't watch it visually, the Warrington and uh, Lada fight. Because I had it, I had my phone on my cart while I was working, but I listened to the whole thing. I just wanted to get home and watch it. You know, I listened to the whole undercard of the Warrington and, and Lara fight. Got home, kicked off my shoes, got ready, got on a recliner, laid back, had a bowl of popcorn, and watched all the fights. It was a great, fun Saturday night, man. I loved it. I was supposed to be gone to, uh, yesterday, but we... Held it off for Sunday, which is fantastic. My wife's like, why don't we just wait till Sunday? Didn't want to argue with her about that. I was like, let's do it. It was perfect for me to get home, relax, put my feet up in the air and watch these fights, man. Um, let's go. Very disappointed with JoJo. Second time, he misses weight. And he has the nerve to complain. He doesn't get his shine. And that he doesn't get the attention he deserves. Yeah, man. I mean, look, you're, you actually got attention this time here, Outlaw, but it's not the attention that he's actually was asking for. It's going to be negative attention because of that post-interview. It was a real big turnoff, you know. Um, I'm pretty sure if he looks back at it, at that interview, and if he's smart enough, he's going to kick himself in the ass and say, why did I even say those things? I should have just stayed, okay, stayed quiet. Now, he did say that he was upset because he ended up getting a draw. He thought he won the fight. I understand that. But you know what? When you get upset at the interviewer who's asking you a real question, which is, what happened? You lost your title on the scale. What happened? And your response was to attack and be upset about it. That was a big no-no for me, you know? And even say, I don't care, whatever, fuck it. That was a big no-no for me. Laura should be the champ now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as I said on Monday, as I said on Monday, uh, I broke down all the pros and cons of Laura, all the pros and cons of Warrington. I had said if they had, depending on the ref, what was the ref for Warrington? Was he going to let things go? Would he stop the fight immediately? Because Laura does take a lot of punishment, okay? He, he you know, he catches a lot of punches, punches on his face. 
you know. Uh, but I had mentioned that how Laura is a puncher, but we didn't know how, you know, we, it, on record, on paper, you saw he's a big puncher. But we didn't really know if it was going to translate to the elite level yet. And it absolutely, it did, you know. Um, the Warrington commentators that were there in the UK on the zone were in disbelief and shock. A lot of the stuff they were saying was like, guys, you guys are making too many excuses for this guy. Okay, it's a fight. Don't give me this, that he, he looked perfectly good. He was letting his hands go. But you know what? Sometimes when you handpick, and remember this, uh, uh, Mill Carson said this on Monday, Warrington handpicked this guy, Laura. Okay? Mauricio Laura, El Bronco, he handpicked him. Almost like the Apollo Creed handpicking Sylvester Stallone. And sometimes, I said this, sometimes we always hope that it backfires. And guess what? It backfired on Saturday against Warrington. He's got to go back, look at what he did. And hopefully, I, I hope he gets a rematch. But this time, you know, I hope it's for a title. Now, remember this, Laura came down in a way. I have suggested that may also cause a problem. It could be a pro and a con. He could tire out. Or he could be a little too big for Warrington and be able to absorb those punches and flurries that he was going to throw. You know what? <clears throat> Great fight. I want, I'm going to get in-depth about it on Monday show. We'll be back here on Monday. Guys, everybody, thanks for joining in with me, man. I really, really appreciate it. If you're a betting man, we got everything on the left side of me. Or is it the right side? I don't even know. Yeah, the right side of me. Uh, checking all the bettings there. Um, and then on that tomorrow show, we'll have the schedule uh, as well as the, the, the bets that are happening on the weekend. We got Wednesday fights and Friday. I think we have Friday fights. No, it's Wednesday and... No, we do. Friday and Saturday. I'll have that whole schedule up for everybody on Monday's show. You guys enjoying your Valentine's. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'll see you guys Monday. You guys take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Gabriel.